Transition Radio from San Diego, exploring the world of change with you. Are you ready to take your life to a new level? Join transition coaches and best-selling authors Paula Shaw and Kendi Foster as they explore strategies to navigate changes in health, relationships, money, career, and so much more. Get the information and tools to make your life smoother, easier, and more productive. And now, your hosts, Paula Shaw and Kendi Foster. And welcome to Transition Radio. Paula Shaw here with my co-host, Kendi Foster, and we are talking about the power of personal passion today. We have a couple of women that we will be interviewing who have led or have lived through some incredible tragedies, but they've managed to turn those into beautiful work that they're passionate about. Marie White and Altavis Pelzer will be joining us in just a little bit. Yeah, in the meantime, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, how, you know what stops passion, how passion can improve in your life. You know, there's a lot of times we we hit those spots where we're just feeling un, unclear. What's our next steps? We've lost our passion. We've lost that personal power. And um, let's talk about some ways to do that in just mm-hmm. a minute. But you know what I wanted to mention at the top of the show is uh, we have our, our sponsor, uh, Sherry Blair, who is uh, your financial consultant, and mm-hmm. she has a workshop coming up on Saturday, March 24th called Women, Money, and Beauty. It's a free financial seminar. Paula, do you want to mention oh, something about gonna that? it's going to be dynamite. I wouldn't even call it a workshop, Ken. It's an event. This is going to be a gathering in one of the most beautiful places in San Diego, the Botanic Gardens. And there's going to be food, there's going to be champagne, there's going to just be such a fun day. Not only will we be learning, because I'm going to be there, not only will women be learning great financial information about how to make your money last, but every woman is going to be given free flowers and led by an internationally famous flower designer in how to create a beautiful bouquet. Wow, that's awesome. I so, know. I mean, it's every woman's dream. So the uh, so phone come. number again on that is 619-997-0416 to register. Again, 619-997-0416. Yes. And register right away because it's filling up fast. It, it is. That's what I hear. <laughs> okay. So as uh, you know, I have a new book coming out. Yes. And, um, it's called The Courage to Change Everything. It's daily strategies to impact your life in a positive way. And I'd like to read one of the daily posts uh, so everybody gets kind of a feel for what this book is about. Mm -hmm. So the quote of the day actually comes from yours truly. It says, if you have not the courage to step past what you think is possible, you will never experience the magic in life. Do you love what you're doing? If you do not love what you're doing, why are you doing it? Life is not a dress rehearsal. Why not do the things you love now? So many people get caught up in doing things that they think they should do instead of doing things that bring fire to their soul. This is no way to live because if you continue doing the infinite amount of shoulds that come your way, one day you're going to wake up stressed out, angry, empty, and unfulfilled. So why not start today and become aware of what you would really like to be doing, and then start doing it. Why not bring forth your greatest talents, gifts, and abilities for an amazing professional and personal life? It is possible that within you is the power to generate extraordinary success. Today, ask, how can something greater than I imagine show up for me? How can something greater than I show up for me? What can I do to leverage my strengths And where can I blow through with the limitations that I have set up in the actions? Today, try taking a new approach and focus your mind in the direction of what you love to do. Then take steps in the direction of creating an amazing life. This is sure to bring out your genius. You know, I, I love that last part where you said, blow through the limitations. I think that's the key to passion. Passion 
helps fuel you to be able to blow through the limitations. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely, it does. And I, I wanted to mention, if uh, in, individuals want to pre-order that book, mm-hmm. they can go to thecouragetochangeeverything.com, thecouragetochangeeverything.com and pre-order. So I, I, I get that. Yeah, without that, that passion in our lives, right? Without that spark, mm-hmm. um, you know, we kind of walk around just like robots. We're really not right. in a place where we're feeling inspired. How do you, how do you break through the barriers of your life if you're not inspired right and I, I think that without the passion you may have goals you may have targets you know you may have things that you want to do or attain but you don't have the fuel that makes it joyful as you go along the journey of getting there it yeah. becomes work it becomes more arduous but when you're passionate there's that fire that fuels you to get up and do every day what you're going to do you know, and it's interesting because sometimes in our lives, and I know for me, like when I uh, completed that uh, world triathlon event this uh, this summer, I had a letdown after the goal was a cl- completed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, and my passion just kind of went away. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a passion to go out and work out at five in the morning anymore or, right. you know, do those things that I was doing. It just goes away. And, you know, so sometimes we do lose our passion for mm-hmm. a while. Right. What What do you think are some of the reasons they that people lose their passion, Paula? Well, I, I think if they don't have something that they're going toward that means something to them, you know, there has to be meaning in what you're doing. It's an interesting thing that came up in an interview we did in the past about millennials. And one of the characteristics of millennials now that makes them a bafflement to the boomers is they want to have meaning in what they do. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a reason for it. It's not just showing up and doing the eight to five thing Mm -hmm. like their parents did. Mm -hmm. So purpose, Mm -hmm. I think purpose fuels passion Mm -hmm. and meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that uh, you're absolutely right with that. In fact, you know, there's a biblical quote where there's no vision, the people perish, right? Mm -hmm. So if if you're not really Mm -hmm. visioning where you're going, in fact, I worked with a a lady yesterday in, uh, in my coaching um, where she had just created this amazing business, right? Mm-hmm. But she'd lost her purpose. She had she started focusing on all the minutia of all the things mm-hmm. that were wrong with the business, everything that was going wrong with the staff, and mm-hmm. you know, and and so you know what we did through that coaching session is I helped reignite her passion. Mm-hmm. But we did that by by determining what her next big vision would be uh, for the business. Yeah, that's so it. So isn't that, isn't that it? Yeah. I wonder if passion is even possible without a vision of what you really want. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, well, I, think, I, I do think this. I think that uh, if you think about what's important to you mm-hmm. and you identify your personal values, mm-hmm. um, these are the core principles of beliefs of things that really generate that feeling of joy or happiness within you. So if you start mm-hmm. to think about, well, you know, what is it that you value most in life? What is it that you're, um, uh, it's most important to you? I think if you start thinking in those terms, you'll start to ignite that passion in a, in a, a greater way. Or like we just said, if you kind of visualize your future and just make it up, right? We're making enough anyway. Mm-hmm. Make up a great future. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you think about it, that passion and energy seem to be totally intertwined, you know, passion creates energy, and yet you have to have energy to feel passion. You know, passion requires some expression. So how do we get our energy? And I, I think that's a really uh, important topic uh, when we talk about passion. I, for me, it's I get my energy when I when I st- go into stillness, when I quiet my mind, or when I'm in nature. I take some time for myself. Um, you know, when I'm really dead, mm-hmm. right, what I've done is I've made inspiration boards, right? So I'll cut out mm-hmm. magazines, right, mm-hmm. and put what inspires me to, yeah. to uh, take my life to the next level. Yeah, that's critical. And I, sometimes we do have to manufacture it because it goes away. Right. Kind of like what you were saying after you did your competition, there's so much focus on that one thing, and then when it's over, there's sort of that letdown. Then you have to find a way to refuel again. And, and you're right. We do get to create that, don't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, when, when that happened to me, I thought to myself, okay, 
um, what are three things that would bring me happiness, right? Mm -hmm. I just started going in that direction. What are three things that will create more happiness in my life? Yeah. And, you know, and I started my, writing my book again, right, and getting in that project. Mm -hmm. Something, you know, that fueled me. Yeah. Right? That had meaning to you. That had meaning. Right. Exactly. Because that meaning piece, that purpose piece, you know, it has to be there. Exactly. I think it, and that, I mean, we can all walk through the motions of doing a job. Right. We can all have something we have to get done and have a deadline. But I think it isn't fueled by joy unless there's passion involved. Unless there's passion. And that energy behind it is what is what uh, generates the willpower to accomplish it. So yeah. uh, we have a few questions that uh, I think our listeners would be, uh, uh, if you're trying to ignite your passion, I encourage you to, uh, to ask these questions. First of all, uh, what motivates you? What, in, what inspires you or what excites you to, uh, 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 you know, whatever, the, whatever that is for you. You should be asking that. What motivates me, inspires me, excites me. Um, you know, also what scares you and holds you back, mm. okay? That's a good one. You know, mm. Paula does a lot of work around that, around, uh, you know, things, people that are scared, they've gone through grief, they're going through turmoil, mm -hmm. and they need to, you know, they need to let that go mm -hmm. so that they can reignite their passion. Yeah, because you get very trepidatious after a bad experience because you don't want to go through that again. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So, and by the way, you know, I'm just going to give a plug for you. If, uh, if you want to, if you're, if you're having a tough time with passion and purpose, you know, if you want to contact Paula, call, contact her at paulashaw.com. You can go mm -hmm. on her website. There's contact information there. And you can find out uh, about what she does. And she, she's a person that can really help you reignite that passion. So I encourage you to check her out. And if you've lost that passion in your business, like the person Ken talked about yesterday, you can go to kendyfoster.com and find out how to contact him. That's awesome. All right, what's coming up in our next segment here? We are going to be talking to Marie White, who has lived through probably what all parents feel would be their worst nightmare, and that is the abduction of their child. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we'll be right back. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. Now, more than ever, it's important for women to understand why they need a financial strategy. Women tend to make less money than men, live longer, and face more financial challenges during retirement. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair. With evolving roles and increasing responsibilities, women are seeking out ways to become more knowledgeable about their finances. My life's work has been to empower women to make good financial decisions today to help ensure you have a bright future tomorrow. I'm here to help you learn more and to become more. Give me a call for your free no-obligation consultation or a second opinion at 619-997-0416. 619-997-0416. That's 619-997-0416. California license number 0B42369. Securities and services offered through HBEC, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC. HBEC, Inc. and Michael J. Lucia and Associates are not affiliated. Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Well, welcome back to Transition Radio with Ken D. Foster and Paula Shaw. Brought to you by Sherry Blair, your financial consultant, who's got a big event coming up March 24th. And if you're interested in flowers and finance, her event is going to be amazing. It's called... It's called Women, Money, and Beauty. And it's Saturday, March 24th. And the number that you can call to RSVP is 619-997-0416. Okay. So we have an amazing guest that we I am do. really excited to interview today. 
Her name is Marie White. And Paula, would you do the uh, honors of introducing Marie? I would happily do so because this is a very special woman that we have been waiting a long time to have on the show. Marie White is the author of seven books, including the award-winning number one bestseller, Strength for Parents of Missing Children, Surviving Divorce, Abduction, Runaways, and Foster Care. She's also a non-denominational Christian missionary, traveler, entrepreneur, and reaches over half a million viewers through her YouTube channel, Bible Stories for Adults. She owns Zemi's Press, and she is an ins- and, which is an inspirational publishing company. She encourages people from all walks of life who are experiencing a variety of struggles to know that there is hope. Marie, that just blows me away, even as I read it, because you have endured one of the things I think every parent looks at as perhaps the most difficult thing that could happen to them. Um, and the abduction of your child. How did? How do you do what you're doing? Now you're active, you're out in the world, and your work is about helping others. How did you get there? Well, I think it's exactly what you and Ken were just talking about, about finding that combination of passion and purpose. Um, I would like to just be at home, left alone, maybe in the dark, I don't know, you know sitting on the floor eating chocolate, mm-hmm. and just getting through the time until the day that our child someday comes home, but that is not the future that God had for me and that I have designed for myself. Mm-hmm. And like you guys talked about with having your passion and your purpose, when you know those two things, you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think of missing children, most of us immediately think of a kidnapping or an abduction, uh, but you say that there's a lot of different types of missing children. Um, can you talk about those types? Absolutely. Thank you, Ken. That's a really great question because we do think, you know, there's a situation like ours when really, as I started to write the book and as I started to reach out to other communities, I found out that there was a huge community, millions of families that are separated by a nasty divorce or custody battle to where one parent is being kept from the children for, you know, three years, for 20 years, and has done nothing wrong themselves, just in, in a spirit of animosity, mm. and they are, they are living without their children. Oh, that's awful. And, and you mentioned runaways, too. Is this, uh, is this a very common issue, that children just run away and, and the parents can't find them? I don't know how common runaways are. I know um, a lot of the missing children that we see that are teenagers began as runaways. Mm. Yeah. So it kind of ties together. Yes, it does. What, what, can tell us a little bit about um, what you went through when it first happened, and what do you think parents of missing children are going through, both emotionally and, and even physically? Well, I think it's what's interesting is we see on the movies, we see, you know, the parent like in um, Saving Private Ryan, you know, the mom hears that four of her five sons have died and she falls to the ground and cries. Mm -hmm. And while that's great for a movie, that's really not the reality of the situation you're in when your child is abducted or in any of these other cases when they're taken from you. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you immediately go into fight or flight. Your first thought is, who do I call? Where do I go? Do I leave the house and search for them or do I not leave the house? stay home and wait for them to come home. Like, yeah. I don't know what the right answer is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your body is being flooded with adrenaline and cortisol, and you're dealing with the physical as well as the mental, mental effects of what having a missing child does to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, um, you know, when, when a parent is going through that or if we know somebody that's going through that, like, what do you even say to them? I mean, I, I wouldn't have a clue <laughs> what to t- tell somebody. It's just their, their child is, you know, Missing. Well, you know, you guys talked about in your uh, episode last year about the effects of the stress after 9-11 on the, on the anniversary. You guys really talked about that and really hit on what it does to you, what the terror, mm-hmm. um, what the stress does. And part of it is when you become overly sensitive. I mean, literally people came up to me, a person came up to me and said, your child is not coming home. You oh, need to get over that. Oh, you and know. in that moment, I wanted to scream, but I could see their heart. I could see that their heart was, 
watching you hurt and hope is killing me. Can you please stop? Because I can't see you hurting anymore. Mm. And so when I was able to receive that part and let it go, they became one of our biggest supporters. And yet within that same week, someone came up to me and said, it's going to be all right. Your child's going to be coming home. And I wanted to scream, how do you know? Ah, you know, that's such that's a us. great point, Marie. I, I, in fact, my, my upcoming book is called Saying the Right Thing When You Don't Know What to Say. And it's for <laughs> everybody on both sides of the equation, you know, right? It's, it's for the one that yeah. wants to truly be helpful but doesn't know the right thing to say. And it's for... The And it's very clear about what not to say. So I'm going to ask you that in a moment in your situation. But it also gives information to the person who's hurting and, and some suggestions about what they can say to people when they say either abusive or inane things like what you're describing. What are some mm-hmm. things in a circumstance like yours that you would advise people not to say? <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say your child's not coming home. Yeah. You know, I, we can be so overly sensitive in those moments that no matter what someone says, it can hit us wrong. So in that mm-hmm. time, we need to remember that. Mm-hmm. But the things that were the most helpful were just when someone would text, and I'd see it in the middle of the night because your sleep patterns are off when you're, when you're going through this. But I would get a text from someone at midnight saying, hey, I woke up, thought of you and your child, and I prayed for you. I'm just like, are, are you kidding me? Like, that was gold. Mm-hmm. Getting an email, a text, a, a card in the mail or handed to you at church or something. Just something that said, I'm thinking about you. You're not alone. Mm. Yes. That's powerful. Uh, you know, I know you're writing a book right now. Um, and I've written a few books. So anything unexpected that you've come across in writing this book? Well, um, when I was writing Strength for Parents of Missing Children, I thought I was writing to families like ours. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be for other families going through the exact same thing. And what ends up happening is that when it went out you know, in, in the world and then somebody um, was recording the audiobook for Audible, the Audible narrator actually contacted me off of Audible, said, I auditioned for this piece because I have two drug-addicted adult children and everything you write about in this book applies to me. Oh, wow. So what... I had no idea. What are three things, Marie, that you could tell parents living through this kind of nightmare? You know, for some, whether it's the scenario you just described or an, an abducted child or one taken by the, the divorcing partner, what are three things you can tell them to help them live through what's going on right now? It's going to be the hardest advice they'll hear because we don't want to hear it at the time. We want real solutions. Mm -hmm. But we'll spend all this time on the computer looking up, you know, what is the law or what are the, you know, how do you go find them or what are these different things? We will wear ourselves out like that. Three Mm -hmm. things that they can do are one, you need to get outside for 30 minutes a day in sunlight, preferably. That is going to change your mood. It's going to get you vitamin D, which you're going to need. And it's going to give you sunlight, which you're going to need in order to be able to continue doing the fighting for your child that you're doing, whether that's searching or whether that's searching online. I'm going to ask you to eat a banana a day. Bananas are a mood-boosting superfood, and they're not expensive. So those who are spending 200000 fighting in court don't have to worry about breaking the budget to go pick up one banana per day mm-hmm. and eat that to help with their mood and not be so depressed. And then I'm going to say, get some exercise. If you want to combine the diet and the, or the um, exercise and the outside time and go for a 30-minute walk, do that. But your body cannot handle the stress if you don't take care of it. So to fight for your child, you have to take care of yourself. Mm. Oh, that's huge. That's and powerful. So well, I, I ate my banana mm. this morning. I did too. Did you? Good. I so eat we're a both, banana every We're both morning. feeling good. <laughs> we're both got, yeah, no depression here. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what a great and important point you're making that you got to take care of the physical body because the emotional body is going through so much. And, you know, those two are working together. If you're going to have the strength to sustain what's happening, you got to take care of your physical body. Marie, I have a question about the book. Is the book out yet? It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where can people get the book right now? They can get it anywhere books are sold, and of course, that means Amazon, which is where most of us buy our books. Okay. And tell them the name of the book. I don't believe I gave them the name yet. 
Oh, it's maybe I did. Strength for parents of missing children, surviving divorce, abduction, runaways, and foster care. But I actually have a free book for all of your listeners. Uh-huh. If they go to my website to Marie White Author, that's Marie White, spell like the color, author.com, they can get a copy of one of my best selling books, Changing Your Life in Just 10 Days, absolutely free. Oh, that's fabulous. At Marie White Author.com, correct? Mm-hmm. That's a f- it. Copy of what's the title of the book again? Changing Your Life in Just 10 Days. Beautiful. Changing Your Life in Just 10 Days. Marie, thank you so much for what you've brought to us so far. And we're looking forward to you being on a little later in the show with our next guest, Altavis Pelzer. We'll be right back. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster. Attention business owners, the feeling of being overwhelmed, stressed out, and facing difficult business challenges goes hand-in-hand with being an entrepreneur. But there are solutions, and it's time to explore the possibilities. You work hard as an entrepreneur. Give yourself the break you deserve. Ken D. Foster is the business coach for you. Ken has over 21 years of experience with leaders just like you, who trust to share what is truly going on in their business and that thing called life. You're invited to set up a free confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. Is living in today's fast-paced world making you feel stressed and out of balance? Are anxiety, sleeplessness, depression, lack of focus, or weight gain robbing you of your relationship and your energy? If you're ready for change, you need to call Paula Shaw at Rebalancing You. Paula helps you identify and eliminate self-sabotaging thinking and behavior. Using a wide variety of mind-body techniques, she provides her clients with the most effective processes for their specific needs. To book a rebalancing session with Paula, call 858-480-9234. That's 858-480-9234. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Welcome back to Transition Radio. We are having an amazing show today, talking about the power of personal passion, We just got through with an amazing interview with Marie White, and now we're about to talk to an incredible woman named Altavis Pelzer. Ken, tell us all about her. I'd love to. Altavis is a best-selling author. She's a professional speaker, podcaster, live uh, streamer, and the founder of the online Your Voice and Reactivate Me communities. Homelessness and molestation greatly affected Altavisa's decision to motivate women and youth to find their unique voice. She takes women from abuse to applause by equipping them to define, accept, and use their unique voice as a speaker and an author. What a great mission that is, Altavisa. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you guys for having me. (laughs) Well, Altavisa, you, you know, this is an incredible work that you're doing. Because you're actually helping people find their voice, but not just any people, right? You're working primarily with women who've been abused. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I myself am a victor over molestation, as well as being the mother of two teen girls who are victors over molestation. And so I found that through my own journey and theirs, a lot of times women who have gone through abuse, we become that people pleaser. We become that yes person. So it's a little harder for us to move towards our passion simply because we have that extra step to go through. Uh-huh. We have that rebuilding process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is, uh, do you find that uh, a lot of abuse victims, are it's generational? Is that is that what happens here? Or where do people learn to abuse other people, I guess is my question. Unfortunately, it is a 
some people consider it a generational curse. Others, it's it's a matter of hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And my girls were molested by a young man who he was molested yeah. when he was younger. Yeah. And it's a vicious cycle at times. So, you know, you have to get in front of it and be able to say, how are we going to stop the cycle and prevent it from happening anymore? So tell us a little bit about your work and how are you working to stop that cycle and help the victims? So it's about empowerment. Uh, I found that with me, you know, communication was a big, uh, big hurdle that I had to cross because as someone who's going through abuse, you kind of tend to gravitate to what everybody else says Mm -hmm. and you don't really have any support in what you believe. So you're kind of spread thin. You're all over the place. One person says that you should wear red shoes. The other person says you should wear blue. And so you're walking outside with one blue shoe and one red one. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, trying to say, okay, well, maybe I should have purple. Not that thought never even crosses your mind. Or maybe I don't like red or blue. So literally. So, so when, when people are abused, which I, what I'm hearing you say is they lose a sense of their self. They lose a sense of their yeah. own voice, their own, their own understanding exactly. of who they are. Is that what we're talking about I here? I have dealt with women who, I mean, the simplest things, knowing your favorite color, knowing what mm-hmm. kind of food you like. And these are women who have been through domestic violence, women who have been through um, rape, molestation, literally they've gotten to a point where it's been so much about everyone else. They don't even know who they are. Boy, I can really speak to that. Altavis. I think you're so, so right on, you know, I too am a victim of molestation and I can tell you that there's, there's uh, that fear that you're bad that somehow you brought it on, you know, that something bad in you made that happen. And it's hard to feel like you have value and you have worth when you're, you're going back and forth in your own head about whether or not that's true. Is that your experience as well? Exactly. Mm. Between that and the trust issue, who can I actually trust? Am I going to trust someone? And then they turned out, turn out to be another abuser. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's difficult. And then when you have women who say, okay, I'm ready to share my story as an author and a speaker, you're already going to go through difficult situations. What should my cover look like? What should the title be? Mm -hmm. So pile that on top of the trust issues and pile that on top of the low self-esteem and being the people pleaser. It makes it a really difficult uh, journey for anyone who's doing it on their own. So true. And decisions can be really tough, right? Like I hear you talking about the cover and and all those things. How should I do it? Or which way should I go? Those kinds of things can be really grueling when you don't have that solid core inside. Exactly. You, you go through enough. <laughs> we don't need any extra gray hairs or any extra hairs falling out. amen sister (laughs) well i I thought you brought up a good point because if you don't know where you're going you don't have that sense of yourself everybody else has the idea of where you need to do and and how to do it and when to do it and and then again if you don't have the esteem you you want to please all those people so that that could be a real challenge for somebody that uh, wants to succeed in life so are you exactly. actually training them to, to be speakers, Altavis? Tell us a little bit about the specifics of the work you're doing. And, and how that work heals these, mm-hmm. these issues. Yeah. So I train them to be the speaker, or I put them through a process of, it's called Define Your Voice. Mm-hmm. And we go through a 10-week process of looking at your pivotal moments, looking at what it is that you actually went through, which is for a lot of people the hardest part of the journey because they haven't talked about it. They haven't, they haven't thought about it. They've kind of buried it, not really healed from it, but buried it. And when you, when it resurfaces, all of those emotions come back. Exactly. So we go through this process where we're looking at what your pivotal moments are and 
literally, I change your perception of what that pivotal moment can be. Mm. Oftentimes, we, you know, we look at it as being the stumbling block. It's the, the shackle around our ankles that's keeping us in place. But if I can get you to a point of confidence within yourself, then you start to see it as no longer being a shackle, but now it's a a stepping stone. Now it's a springboard because just like I've been able to do, you can take that story and that story can be a motivational speech. That story can be a book. That story can be a course. It can be a a program. It can be even just a a team program that you start at the local community center. Mm. There's so many things that you can do with it, but first we have to unlock it. And that's usually the hardest part of it. And then once we unlock it, now I have to become comfortable in talking about it. Mm. And, you know, people always, we know that, you know, public speaking is enemy number one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the it number one fear. Fear of death. <laughs> fear of speaking is enemy number one. Yeah. So in, you already have that fear because you're standing in front of people you don't know and talking to them and you're like, okay, I don't know how they're going to react or what they're going to say. So they have to have that confidence in order to be able to stand in front of people, even if it's just five people. Mm-hmm. I, I can hear our listening audience, some of the people that uh, may have been abused, thinking the last thing I want to do is go and stand in front of a group and talk uh, and talk, right? Talk about anything. Um, so how how does your work release this um, these feelings of inadequacy and help them to build confidence in front of a group? The, the, I'm going to say the top thing that they always understand is I'm not alone. Mm. So many times when we've gone through abuse, the reason why we won't tell people about what we've been through is because we think that we're the only one. We're the only one that has gone through the domestic violence. We're the only one that has been through, you know, being raped or molested. We're the only one that has dealt with sex trafficking. But the reality is, is because we're silent about it, we don't realize that there's other people out there who have gone through the exact same thing. And by putting it on paper and starting to go through the process, starting to look at it and really looking at your own story, you start to see, you know, it's that, it's that recognition. You know how when you decide that you're going to buy a car and you're like, before you decided you were going to buy that car, you hardly ever saw that car. But now that you've seen that car and you probably did a test drive and you sat in it, now everywhere you go, you see that car, Yep, it's the same thing. Mm. So now that I'm starting to write about it, I'm opening up my mind and opening up my eyes to say, okay, now I'm seeing more stories about sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Now I'm seeing more stories about abuse. Now I'm seeing, I'm seeing more about it now. Were they always there? They were always there. But because you didn't want to discuss it, you kind of shut it off. It's like you put those blinders on and you cut out everything that was attached to what you've been through. And so as they start writing, because that's the main piece of it, is you have to write about it. And it's funny because even with my clients, I tell them, even on the day that you don't want to write, write. Mm -hmm. Tell me why you don't want to write. Tell me what you're thinking. You know, uh, I think it's interesting because in just a moment, we're going to have you on with also Marie, Marie White. She wrote a book. And have you written a book as well? Or is it? Oh, you have. What is the title of your book? So the first one, I'm up to number eight now. But the first one is the key book. And that was It's Okay to Cry. Oh, I love that. Well, listen, we need to go to a break right now, but in just a moment, we'll be back with both of you ladies to, to find out more about how you moved from tragedy, really, to triumph and to this beautiful work that you're doing now that's helping others. So hang on. We'll be right back. We'll be back with Transition Radio and your hosts, Paula Shaw and Candy Foster.
How confident are you that you'll have enough money to retire when the time comes? Your financial future may be at risk, and you don't even know it. Hi, I'm Sherry Blair, financial advisor, and helping you meet your financial goals is important to me. Let me help you make smarter financial decisions that will keep your money safe, growing, and there when you need it. Call me for your free, no-obligation consultation or a second opinion, 619-997-0416. California license number 0B42369. Securities and services offered through HBEC Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. HBEC Inc. and Michael J. Lucia and Associates are not affiliated. There's a question many of us ask ourselves when we are grieving. When will this pain ever end? Life transition coach and grief recovery specialist Paula Shaw wants you to know there is light at the end of the tunnel. In her new best selling book, Paula gives you information and practical exercises you can use right away in your recovery process, including breathing methods, the emotional freedom technique, energy psychology work, and many other healing tools. Grief, when will this pain ever end? Available now on Amazon.com. We're back with Transition Radio, exploring the world of change. And now, here's your hosts, Paula Shaw and Ken D. Foster. Welcome back to Transition Radio with Ken D. Foster and Paula Shaw. And today, we are talking about power of personal passion. We have two amazing guests with us today. We have Altavis Peltzer. And Maria White, and they're going to be on this segment. <laughs> and I want to mention that our show is being brought to you by Sherry Blair, your financial consultant. Sherry has a workshop coming up on Saturday, March 24th, Women, Money, and Beauty. Uh, it's a free financial seminar, and you can get a hold of her at 619 to register. And that's going to be a wonderful event where we're also going to get to make fabulous bouquets and it's all complimentary. Really going to be cool. All right, ladies, Marie and Altavis, we are so delighted to have you both now at the same time because you both have really incredible stories of having gone through some of the most difficult things people can go through in life. And yet you both are two of the loveliest most upbeat, I know, because Ken and I got to meet you both personally at the uh, Media Summit last year, and you're doing work that's so important. And today we called the show The Power of Personal Passion. So I'd love to ask each of you what you feel is the power of personal passion, because I think there is passion in what both of you are doing, this work that you're doing, you're passionate about so, Marie, let's start with you. What do you think that the power of having passion behind what you do is? Well, I, that's a great question, Paula, because I think Altavisa just talked about that in her um, interview with you. And it's that when you have a passion for something, especially to help other people, it makes you go out of your comfort zone and do things you would normally not do. And as you start to do that, you grow and change into the person you were always meant to become. Mm, that's beautiful. And now, Tavis, how about you? I found that, you know, when you decide on a passion, it's usually connected to that thing that rubbed you the wrong way or that thing that you've been through. Mm. But so many people become comfortable or comfortable in their uncomfortable moment. So, you know, we're kind of just going through life and whatever happens, happens. We're, we're not really living, you know, to our greatest potential. So when you decide or you see what that passion is and you start to move towards it, you feel something completely different. Mm-hmm. And you're motivated in a completely different way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I think all of us uh, lose our passion sometimes um, for various reasons. We talked about that earlier on the show. Um, But how do each one of you find your passion and find those breakout zones that you all of a sudden feel enlightened again? You feel like really taken on the world. I mean, listen, both of you have been through some really tough stuff. Where did you find that passion to, to move forward? 
Marie, how about you first? <laughs> they call one of us. I know because you're not here. We can't nod at you in person. <laughs> exactly. Were you nodding at me, Paula? <laughs> I was. Um, well, I think what's really neat is it's it's really awesome that you had us both on the show at the same time because we're coming from both sides of the same story. Mm. I mean, our biggest fear as a parent of a missing child is that someone is abusing our child sexually. Yeah. And so technically you could get each of our books and you have the complete picture of how to survive until your child comes home and then how to help that child if that child has been through any molestation. Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. And I think the thing that she and I both have done differently is that we walk through events that had the potential to break us and ruin us. And instead of just wallowing in those, we've made a determined choice. Instead of becoming bitter and instead of becoming broken, we decided to become better. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything. We didn't sit down and write just a memoir of how awful our life is and how hard it is. We looked at those around us going through the same thing and said, you will never be alone again. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. How, Altavis, how about you? And I love what Marie just said. With, you know, that, that movement of being from bitter to better. Because, you know, when you decide that you're going to be better, then you're going to look for something that's going to make you better. So I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm always listening to books. I'm super silly. And with four teenagers, it makes it so much fun to be a mom. So I'm the mom that does like strange text messages, random <laughs> dance moments. I'm that mom. <laughs> Love that. That's funny. You know, Altavisa, on the uh, on your segment there, we did not give out uh, a way for people to get a hold of you. So I'd like you to do that mm-hmm. right now. How do people get a hold of you, Altavisa? Oh, definitely. So they can connect with me at contacts at altaviserpelzer.com. And how do we spell Altavis Peltzer for those of you that uh, are just listening? And the first word was contacts. Or contact. At mm-hmm. Altavis, may I just spell your name because they'll probably be able to hear me better. You sure can. And because you have this beautiful, unusual name. So it's contacts, <laughs> C-O-N-T-A-C-T-S, at A-L-T-O-V-I-S-E-P-E-L-Z-E-R.com. And uh, do you want to give a phone number or shall they just contact you through email? They can contact me through email or they can just set up a time to connect with me by going to bit.ly forward slash talk to Altavis. Okay, great. Okay, talk to Paula, um, I, you know, during uh, when Altavitz was, uh, was t- sharing right now, it, it seems like it touched you deeply. What, what part of that touched you? Oh, my God. I think what both of you were, were sharing was so touching in that, you know, as I said in the beginning of the show, you, you've lived through some of everybody's worst nightmares. You know, I mean, I can certainly relate to um, the abuse experience that you talk about, Altavis, but but not what you've endured, Marie. And and I too loved it when you said, you know, you can be bitter or you can be better. You know, you can. And the thing that kind of struck me too, Marie, was I was thinking, when that child returns, when your child returns, how proud of you she will be. Both of you are such role models for your children, and you're showing them how to have the strength and the personal power to get through the toughest things that life can deliver. I'm, I'm, I'm so enamored of both of you. I feel that. And Ooh, I, you're you making know, me cry. Yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> well, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> she's, yeah. You did that to me, too. Oh, my goodness. So I'd like to ask both of you ladies, if I may, what was the most helpful thing that enabled you to heal? Marie, would you would you answer that one first? I think that, wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> mm. um, I, I think thinking about other people is is the most helpful thing. I mean, 
it doesn't matter what someone's going through. There's always someone going through the same thing, even worse. Mm. And knowing that there were people in Africa whose children had been taken by Boko Haram and were going through the same things, only they were doing it in a hut by themselves. Oh. Made me realize I don't have it as bad as I think I do. And mm. that I can help people like them and like us. That helps me the most. Oh, that's beautiful. And you, Altavis? So, uh, it was a conversation I had with my oldest daughter. I had not told anyone about me being molested until 2015. And it was a conversation that I had with my oldest daughter. We were talking about trust. And she started to cry. I'm crying. We're just sitting there kind of silent, crying, looking at each other. And, you know, then we started talking about it. Later on, after I had published the first two books and started doing classes and helping people, and I asked my daughter what was her most proud moment of me. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, she's going to say my mom's an author, she's a coach, mm-hmm. she travels, she speaks. And she said it was that conversation. Oh. Because it allowed her to know that she wasn't alone. And that changed everything for me because I said, if I can have that conversation with her and she feel not alone, then what would that do for other women? Wow, that's a huge question. And you know, it's interesting too, because in studies that have been done about people going through recovery, in this case, it was from um, alcohol and drug addiction. But the most important thing was not the program, was not whether it was inpatient or outpatient or how fancy or not it was. It was that they believed there was one significant person who really cared if they made it. And I I feel that same energy in what you're saying that your daughter said to you. You know, you were willing to tell a painful truth to her and share that to help her heal. And that's huge. And I think it's important for all of us to remember that we can't heal alone. What you two ladies are doing is really helping people who've been through incredible tragedy know that they're not alone. You were willing to step out and step up and speak up. And that's just huge. I'm in awe and in debt to both of you. Amazing. So if you'd like to get a hold of uh, Altavis, again, it's contacts at altaviseltzer.com. And Marie, uh, can you give us your uh, uh, way that people can get a hold of you also? Yes, they can get a hold of me at mariewhiteauthor.com. That's mariewhite, I like the color, author.com. And sorry if my voice is muffled. I'm crying from Altavis' story. You guys are just incredible. Thank you both for being on uh, this show and and uh, really touching our hearts, touching our lives. And I know that uh, a lot of people will benefit from this. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My gratitude to both of you. And if you'd like to find us on uh, the web, it's transitionradioshow.com. And you can listen to all of our past uh, performances there. You can also find us on uh, Twitter and Google if you just Google uh, Transition Radio. And we're on 15 podcast platforms and around the nation. So thank you for listening. Or ask Alexa. Ask Alexa. There you go. (laughs) See you soon. See you soon.